0: Well, hello there and thanks for tuning in to HC Conversations, a podcast where we have discussions around faith, life, politics, and more, how to navigate those things as a follower of Jesus. You'll also find audio from weekly messages at Hope Community. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, we are back with another episode of HC Conversations. And um, yeah, so we were just laughing a little bit, just, you know, having a good time. One of these mornings. Good sound check. Well, yeah, good sound check. Uh, One of these mornings, we're just going to come in and turn the microphones on and let you listen. And um, it'll probably be the last episode you ever listen to because you'll realize we're insane. But it was fun. It was a good, good, fun time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, maybe the last few episodes, I don't even know what episode number we're on now. Eight, maybe? Nine? I think eight. Eight or nine. Um, We've kind of been taking a look at some um, troubling parts, we'll say, of specifically American Christianity. Uh, And, you know, that comes from a heart of. There's so many people uh, that we have either known personally or we see stories of that have walked away from faith or just want nothing to do with Christianity. And so little of it has to do with uh, Jesus or following mm-hmm. Jesus. It's all these other things that we add on. So we've kind of been talking about some of those things like fundamentalism and uh, the blending of faith with uh, you know, conservative religious politics, you know, the religious right and those kind of things. And we're going to continue on with that um, discussion in the coming weeks of these other Issues that are problematic for for people in faith, but we're going to take a little pause break today,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, simply because it was a crazy week. Yep, there were several things that happened um, that we just thought, hey, let's let's get together and let's just talk about what happened this this past week um, and how a follower of Jesus should navigate that and think about those things.
1: So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. But yeah. Paul's got something but he wants first, to start with. Um, so I wanted to unpack a little bit of something that I said last week. So Uh-oh. towards the end of last week's podcast, I said just read your Bible.
0: And I said, like, boom.
1: And <laughs> you might have heard that and been like, well, the problem is those people were reading their Bible. Mm. Um, and So I wanted to unpack a little bit of what I meant by that. And here's, here's I guess, the, the heart and the idea behind that that statement of just read your Bible is, number one, first try to read it with the understanding that it was written 2,000 years ago. That it wasn't written to you it's not like you can directly apply it to your life you Um, mean it
0: didn't just like drop out of the heavens into my hands just for me to read while choirs of angels sang no yeah
1: no uh there's a long process i mean that's another discussion for another day of how we got Mm -hmm. the the bible that we have today um so try to Set aside your cultural biases right. yep, and yep. try to read it like somebody 2,000 years ago would have read it I and understood to. it with the historical cultural context in mind.
0: Right. I want I to throw, throw a John Walton quote at you right now that okay. just, I just thought of when you said that. Like He has this quote and he says, it's important to remember that while the Bible was written for you, like for your benefit, mm-hmm. it was not written to you. right Right? it's like it wasn't just for you it is for you and for your building up and learning and all those wonderful things but it wasn't written to you
1: right and john john walton also says if we want to read the bible literally i was thinking that quote too then we have to understand how the first people would have understood it
0: yeah he's like it's better he's like i don't want to necessarily read it in quotes literally i want to read it literarily like Mm -hmm. so it's literarily the literature of it <laughs> right. I can't say literally so, accurate
1: um, so going back to just sorry just read your Bible um, part of that also means trying to read it like you were reading it for the first time and setting aside whatever you've been told whatever somebody has said oh this is what this passage means and just let it be what it is and just speak to you uh, let because it be. I think when we be? Can we? No, we can we're not. We're not going to go there right now. Can we go there on this? No, because Phil, I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> okay. I'm having a moment right now with Sorry. our audience, um, because whenever we just let it speak, it says some things that might disag- that we might disagree with that we've been taught, and I think that's good. So just let the words of Jesus speak to you. Just read it um, and try to set aside your cultural, your political biases. Phil really wants to say something. I was going to
0: say, so in other words, when we just let it be, does the Bible whisper words of wisdom?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes, (laughs) it does. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's all I've got to say about what I said last week. Just read the Bible.
0: And I, I just pictured
1: you listening to that or saying that as Forrest Gump. And that's all
0: I have to say about <laughs> that. <laughs> I am, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling a special kind of something today. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, I think I'm a little too caffeinated. I've had two cups of coffee and pre-workout already today. So. Well, I
1: have two, but.
0: You had two cups of coffee and pre-workout? Yeah. Oh. See, I thought you were back off the pre-workout. No, I'm back on this week. Oh, nice. Was your face itchy?
1: Disappointingly, no.
0: Oh, that's sad.
1: But I was incredibly focused. So
0: only some of you <laughs> only some of you know what we're talking about if you've <laughs> ever taken a pre-workout supplement that has, I don't even know what it is in it that makes your face like tingle. Is it beta alanine? I don't know. It might be. But anyway, back know. to what we were talking about. So reading the Bible in context is important. And hopefully that is the thing that's shaping everything that we're going to talk about today.
1: <laughs> or the caffeine. One of the, the two. Caffeine, I don't know. Or both. Um, so we were talking earlier about uh, the fact that a, a noose was hung. In, uh, I don't even know what area, but the the, the crew area, or the the campsite of um, an African American NAS NASCAR driver. Yeah. Um,
0: so uh, if you if you're not familiar with kind of what's been going on, um, I mean, we've been having a lot of discussions in our in our country over um, uh, race and racial injustice and uh, all of those kind of topics lately. And one of the, uh, I guess. Um, hot button issues has been the confederate flag and that's a big thing in uh, like NASCAR culture and uh, stereo, this is a bit of a stereotype but generally people who like NASCAR and, and, and those kind of things and NASCAR said hey we're not going to we're not going to do that anymore and a lot of people were mad about that and there's a lot of tension in the country right now over mm-hmm. issues of race and um, I believe over the weekend I just saw it in my Twitter feed this morning so I don't know when it actually happened uh, but someone found a noose there was a noose hanging I think it was actually just yesterday. Just yesterday. There was a noose hanging um, in the, again, I don't really know anything about NASCAR, so I don't know what the area was, but it was like the team area for this NASCAR team. For Bubba Wallace. For Bubba Wallace, who is a black NASCAR driver.
1: He's the only full-time black driver. The
0: only. See, and <laughs> and that level of, of hatred is, is insane to me. Um, and, and before we kind of dive into what I want to talk about in that area, just, just also, just to, to call, to call it what it is. It's evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I'll, I'll go as far as saying it's like it's demonic. It is spiritual forces of evil and darkness working in our world, in and through people, right? right. Like, and then, I guess the ignorance or hatred of some people, because some of the comments that I was seeing were along the lines of, basically, well, that wasn't real. That was planted there to push forward a narrative. It's them, it's them, they wanna make you believe these things, they, they, it's all about you know, getting you to conform to this narrative, and it's like, okay, who's, really? Who's they? Who, who's they?
1: If you can't pinpoint who they is, like, that's We have uh, watched a problem. way
0: too many movies and TV shows and media that like, we think everything now is just, there's a conspiracy behind it, and they're out to get me, and by golly, I'm gonna cowboy up and fight the system like that's the whole mentality right Right. now and it's leading to just so much pain and ugliness but back to this idea right so this noose is found and it is ugly and it is hateful and and all of these things and what really got me thinking about was some conversations that i've been having and i've I've noticed um i've noticed this a lot as a generalization but especially with older generations um that lived through and saw the civil rights movement Um, of the 60s and the protests and the riots and the violence and there's this idea of like well things are so much better now they're so much better than they were which is true but just because it's better than it was doesn't mean it's we should just stop and it's where it should be but there's a thought of like things are better and you know everyone kind of gets along and um and, and white people don't have any ill feel ill 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 feelings towards black people and black people don't have any ill feelings towards white people and and we're we're fine but now there's a thinking that but because like we're having these conversations and there's protests and there's riots that all of those bad feelings are coming back Mm -hmm. and what i just want to say to that is no they're not coming back they never went away and i just want us to to recognize that that it is nothing is coming back. These are things that were just under the surface for, for decades now. Right. And also, let me just say, and this is going to be a buzzword, and some of you are going to be mad that I use this word. The fact that if you're in a position where where you can say this stuff is coming back, it, it wasn't an issue until now again, then you're sitting in a position of privilege mm-hmm. to say this doesn't... To, to assume that because this hasn't affected me recently means it isn't affecting other people or hasn't for decades and generations, it is such a privileged thing to say. And I could say that. It right. hasn't affected me. I live in a very um, racially non-diverse area, and it, racial injustice and issues of racial tensions, they don't affect me. And so it would be really easy for me to say, you know, racism and hatred and these things, they're not problems anymore. We're making them problems again. But just because it's not a problem for me doesn't mean it hasn't been a problem for thousands of others. Right. I don't have anything else to say. I don't either. About that. But, okay, so as a follower of Jesus, here's what I have to say about that. Like, we just got to sit in that and recognize the the evilness of racism, of injustice, um, and recognize when I am sitting in a position that just because it doesn't affect me doesn't mean it doesn't affect others. And in fact, as a follower of Jesus just because it's not it's not my problem if it's somebody else's problem I'm called to make it my problem mm-hmm. right like I am going back to like this classic story of the good samaritan it like the guy in the pit on the road beaten and naked and dying it wasn't his problem it wasn't the samaritan's problem he didn't cause it he didn't do it but he made it his problem mm-hmm. and what is the instruction from Jesus go and do likewise make other people's problems your problem like Wade into other people's hurt and other people's pain and bandage them and get messy and have people, you know, yelling at you and calling you names because, well, you're helping the enemy or whatever. But it's our job to make it our problem. Right. I'm done now. Okay. <laughs> <I was laughs> I
1: don't know. Well, thanks, Phil. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, um, no, that was good.
0: I'm just kind of mad about it because, like, I saw it and this we, morning, so it's fresh. it's fresh in my mind. Right.
1: All right. So moving on but not forgetting that issue and the issue of racial injustice in our country but moving on to other news uh, other injustices in our it, country it was a crazy week it was a big news week big decisions coming down from the supreme court
0: two two in one week two
1: which is pretty incredible
0: it really is you don't really hear much about the supreme court rulings that often i no. mean i know they're like working on stuff all the time but like as far as newsworthy like big news mm-hmm. two in one week
1: yeah, yeah. so the first one was Bostick versus was it right Bostick versus Bostick
0: versus Clayton County Georgia.
1: Mhm.
0: So, yeah. Uh basically Bostick versus Clayton County was a a ruling um a ruling on LGBT rights as far as discrimination goes um that you cannot be discriminated against because of uh of gender or sexuality or anything like that, you know, you can't be fired from a job, you can't be denied. I think healthcare was a big issue that yeah. was talked about this week, um, and the Supreme Court ruled um, in favor of uh, Gerald Bostick. I had to find his first name there, Gerald Bostick, um, and saying no, like you, you cannot discriminate. And uh, they were asked to decide whether a 1964 federal law barring employment discrimination. And quote, on the basis of sex protects people who are discriminated against because of sex or sexual orientation and gender identity. And by a 6 to 3 margin, the court ruled that it does. Um, now, so that was a ruling that came down this week. A lot of people had a lot of different feelings on that. Um, pretty extreme on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, one side celebrated this as, a, as, a, as an incredible uh, victory of... Um, weeding out discrimination and fighting for the rights of everyone, and there was another side that was quite angry and said the court way overstepped their bounds and this is terrible and it's a blow to religious freedom. So
1: and um, you know a, a blow to the the American family and to family values right. is another thing that you heard this week. Um, yeah, so really interesting the two sides, um, and interesting that conservative. Judge, yeah, that was (laughs) voted uh, in favor favor. of
0: um, Bostick. So that would be the, I guess, that would be the plaintiff. Yeah, I think so. Because I don't know. I feel like the county in that Uh, case would be the defendant. I'm not sure. I don't know that much about law. But anyway, yeah, a conservative judge, uh, Neil Gorsuch, (laughs) actually ruled with. Uh, Gerald Bostick in this this case saying, yeah, you cannot discriminate based on someone's sexual orientation um, or gender identity or anything like that. And uh, conservatives were pretty mad about that Mm -hmm. uh, because Neil Gorsuch was the justice appointed by President Trump. um, Right. Which
1: then the whole narrative during the uh, the 2017 election was 2016, 2016. We have to, uh, you know, get Trump. Elected because he can appoint conservative judges and it's all about judges. It's going to be a win for the religious, right? Uh, for family values.
0: That's been the argument by like the religious right for decades now, right? It's all about the Supreme Court. It's about judges 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 judges.
1: And so now we have five conservative judges and four more progressive judges And two really interesting rulings this week where conservative judges um, Didn't necessarily follow What people would hope that they had followed.
0: And I think that points to a bigger issue whether it's politically or in terms of faith or life in general. We don't necessarily want people to do what they say they believe in. We just want them to do what agrees with what we agree with, right? right? So in this case like uh, Justice Gorsuch um, had a reason for interpreting the law this way and ruling in this way in line with his conservatism and his uh, textualism, the the way that he reads the law, Mm -hmm. which is a very conservative way of reading the law, which Justice um, Antonin Scalia Scalia, read it the the same way when he was a justice. And it's like, so he's he's ruling conservatively, but when it gets down to it, it's like, well, I don't know that I necessarily want you— not me, but people who are disagreeing with them. I don't know that I want you to be conservative. I just want you to agree with me, right, <laughs> which is what we see all over the place, whether it's political or faith based or otherwise, on any side that you fall on, it's like, well, I don't know that I necessarily want you to stick to your convictions all the time if your convictions don't line up with exactly what I believe right. So that's just kind of a, a an aside mm-hmm. for you um
1: yeah, so it's an interesting thing because you know this this ruling um you know gives protection to many people in our country that had potential to be discriminated against by their mm-hmm. employer. Um, and so I think it's good for us to applaud that.
0: Well, I mean, let's just let's just look at the, this case specifically. Um, Gerald Bostick was, and this is a quote from Christianity Today, it says, uh, Gerald Bostick, by all accounts, was an exemplary worker with a decade on the job who was fired for conduct unbecoming um, a government employee shortly after he had started participating in a gay softball league. Right. And so 10 years work of the job, great employee. Oh, you're in a gay softball league. And so yeah, we can't have you doing that. Right. And so this law is like this ruling is no, you, you know, you can't fire someone for their sexual orientation or identity or whatever. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of a good ruling.
1: I think so too.
0: And I know there's Christians who are listening to me say that right now. And they're thinking that like, how could I possibly think that? How could we right. have that opinion?
1: And it and comes it down to the fact that we live in a dualistic society. Yeah. Like that what? there is, there is no state church in the United States. We, we have a separation Hallelujah. of church a good thing. and state. Okay. So the government can't come in and say, you have to practice your religion this way. Yeah. Nor should it work the other way. Right. Although it, people wish it would.
0: Right. And, and like, here's the thing. It's our, it's, it is our Christian faith that actually, for the two of us at least, that causes us to say this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that every single person is made in the image of God. Right. Whether I agree with them or not, whether I agree with their beliefs or not, they, they deserve dignity, worth. Value they should have, and in a, in a country like the United States, where we have ridiculous amounts of freedom and mm-hmm. it's awesome, everyone should have access to that that freedom. Right. You should be able to work if you want to work, um, and not be discriminated against because of that. And so, I mean, I I, I see it as a win. Um, I understand why some people don't. I I, I think the people who don't see it as a win certainly there are some that are just hateful and are like well he's gay he shouldn't have a job which is if, if that's you and you call yourself a christian you should stop because you're giving the rest of us a bad name mm-hmm. um but I, I don't think that's most people i think most people on the more conservative side are more concerned with what this could mean for religious liberty right. moving forward
1: because there's a lot of gray areas so churches are okay, but it comes down to parachurch organizations, Christian colleges, right. uh, schools. You know, yeah. what are they going to be forced to do?
0: Yeah, because churches are going to pretty much fall under you know religious freedom, right? Protected by the Constitution. Of you can, if you're a church, you're not going to be you're not going to be forced to hire someone that disagrees with your your beliefs. Mm-hmm. But where does that line fall? Like Paul was saying, so you got a you've got a, a Christian college uh, that is. Some cases receiving federal money. So, what do you do with that? Or parachurch organizations that are employing lots of people. What do you do with that? And you talk about the private sector, people that who are Christians but we own businesses, which probably won't like my opinion on that either. So I'll just (laughs) not talk about it
1: Uh, unless you want to. That's a conversation in the context of talking about the theme of exile of in exile. the Bible.
0: What's it mean to live in exile? And The best example of that is is probably the book of Daniel yeah. and you have these faithful... In Jeremiah. In Jeremiah, God-fearing people. It's like, no, be a part yeah. of Babylon. Be a part of the society.
1: Seek the good of the city. It's, Build houses. Plant vineyards. Yeah. Yeah, engage in your, society. with yeah, your
0: Babylonian neighbors. And, uh, but but it, it's all a matter of, of what you worship. So anyway, um, so yeah, I understand where the... the the fear comes in of losing religious liberty and and what that could mean and tax exempt statuses and all these different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, I still feel like this is a good ruling because other people being treated with dignity as made in the image of God is more important than what I'm afraid of.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so the the gray area, you know, of what's going to happen for uh, you know these institutions, um, you know private businesses. That comes back down to you know the state level to the local level. You know, that's what the Supreme Court will do. They'll push that ruling down, and it'll be up to individual states to decide how that plays out until somebody challenges it, and it could potentially you know head back to the S- the Supreme Court. Yeah,
0: and uh, the article I was reading in CT Christianity Today um, was actually saying like there's a lot of recent rulings for religious freedom. And um, so like for all the fear of people like, oh, no, we're losing religious freedom, we're losing religious freedom, we're losing religious freedom, um, there have been several Supreme Court cases in the last couple of years that have protected Christians or Christian businesses in that area. And I can't mm-hmm. think of all of them right now. I know one of them was, I think, the Hobby Lobby ruling um, and some different things. And so it's like, okay, like let, we're going to let the court do its job. We're going to live in a pluralistic society where a bunch of people have different views and we got to learn to navigate that. Right. I think that's the thing that's the most frustrating for me is that Christians in America put so much stock in, I have to have my religious freedom or else I can't worship Jesus. And it's like, well, if that's the case, then you got the wrong Jesus.
1: Right. And, and we've defined religious freedom so narrowly.
0: Well, we don't actually mean religious freedom. We mean Christian religious freedom. Right. Um, as as people of faith, as Christians, we should be just as adamant about everyone in this country having religious freedom if we want it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Christians having religious freedom. Muslims having religious freedom. Jewish people having religious freedom. Uh, people who have no faith or atheists having the freedom to not have those things forced on them. People of, I mean, whatever. There's tons and tons of different faith. Like, we've got to be for religious freedom for everyone. Right. The problem is, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit ago about just wanting things that agree with me, I want religious freedom for, for Christians, but I don't really want it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And some of that gets to the heart of, well, America's a Christian nation, we gotta protect that.
1: Right. Which we're gonna dive into more next episode. Next episode. So Unless it's another big news week.
0: Yeah, because we're actually that's what we were gonna talk about this week. Right. And then it was a big news week. So we, we thought we'd take a break and talk about what happened with some of these rulings. So I mean, and I guess at the end of it, you can have different opinions, differing opinions on, on this ruling as far as, um, you know, you can be worried about the religious freedom aspect. You can think this is a good ruling. I don't think what, as if you're a person of faith, what we, can, we can't we can have a differing opinion on is um, everybody's made in the image of God mm-hmm. and deserves dignity and, and respect and, and, and value. And in our country, that means the right to have a job and not be fired for it because of your personal life.
1: Right. All right, so next on the, uh, the agenda is talking about...
0: Another Supreme Court ruling that came out this week. DACA.
1: DACA, DACA. DACA, I've heard it both DACA. ways.
0: I've heard it both ways. But have you, though? Have I have, you? actually. Oh, okay. I've only ever heard it. DACA. It's more fun to say DACA, that way. DACA. So if you don't know what DACA is, DACA stands for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Mm-hmm. Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. We will just refer to it as DACA from here on out. Uh, basically, what that means is um, anyone who is in the U.S. or who came to the U.S., um, not legally. No, so as, they, as a child. As a child. Um, their parents brought them here or sent them. Their parents brought them here or sent them here. You know, they were a minor. They were They came to the U.S. There's tons of them living in the United States. Um, DACA was passed, I believe, in 2013 mm-hmm. by President Obama that said, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is deferred action. Um, we're Basically, just not going to make a decision on these, these people yet. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're not citizens of the United States, they came here as children. We're going to let them live here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to let them get jobs here and go to school here and contribute to our society.
1: Right. So it gives them uh, conditional permanent residence. It also gives them a path to lawful permanent residence, and um, yeah, a whole bunch of other protections.
0: A bunch of protections. Basically, it says, "Hey, you came here as a kid. We can't just kick you out of this country now." Right. Um, and so in twenty, I think it was in twenty seventeen. I mm-hmm. could be wrong. On that, The Trump administration said, "We're we're getting rid of DACA. We're doing away with it," and uh, and so they did that and there's a lot of people cuz i think it's a yearly thing if you're if you're
1: it's every 2 years if you're
0: what's if you're what's called a dreamer mm-hmm. which are people who can came here as kids and are protected by daca those are the dreamers um, that many of their dreamer status ended in 2018 and mm-hmm. so there was like this idea it was like what what do we what do we get to do now like what everything's up in the air as far as living and and working and different things so daca was was done away with Um, by the Trump administration. However, um, some people were fighting against that and brought Mm -hmm. that to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled this week that the reversal of DACA would be struck down. So DACA is still law.
1: Right. Because they they said that the reasoning behind getting rid of DACA, uh, basically, there was no substance to it. Um, It was frivolous. It was
0: quite frivolous, really.
1: It really, really was. So... um, Eight out of nine Supreme Court justices, so four conservative justices, four liberal justices, um, all agreed that uh, the the decision to get rid of DACA was unconstitutional uh, or the reasoning behind wanting to get rid of it. So that sends it back to the administration that they could come up with another reason why they want to get rid of DACA. And it could go back you know, to the Supreme Court, or they could get rid of it.
0: Right. And, and I mean, so really, because this, this is deferred action, um, I don't know why it exactly it got passed. I'm guessing it was probably one of those only things that could get passed because nobody could agree on stuff. But at least we can let them stay here for now. So who knows what's going to happen moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully a permanent solution can be found. But l- I'm just going to go ahead and give my opinion. When I saw this week that the Supreme Court said, no, DACA is still law. That was like the best news I got all week.
1: Yeah, I was excited too. I was
0: so excited about that. Um, And again, it's my Christian faith that allows me to be excited about that, to say this is a good thing because as a follower of Jesus, I just can't. I can't justify saying you have to leave. I know you came here as a kid and it wasn't your decision and you have no life in your mm-hmm. other country. Cause you've been here for how long you right. have a life to begin with because the, you were a kid when you came this here. This is your
1: country. You've grown up here. You're speaking our language. You speak
0: English. You're working here. You're paying taxes. You're going to college here, but you have to leave. I really couldn't as like a follower of Jesus say, yeah, I'm cool with that. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, again, we're just um, making people mad today. And because I again, that, there but,
1: comes the command from Jesus to love your neighbor as yourself there comes the command to welcome the strangers. Um, you know Jesus said, You know, I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me in. He talks about that, and the idea is, okay, you need to welcome strangers, mm-hmm. um, stranger, so the
0: foreigner, the oppressed the it's right. like that, that, always like there's this repetition of these these are the kind of people that that you help that you need to help, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I think yeah, I think that th- was a good, thing. good, um,
1: um especially knowing uh immigrants knowing people that you have come here legally i don't know any illegal immigrants but people that have come here you know legally and seeing how they contribute to our society it's a good thing um to provide these protections because i mean I've, i've been to panama i've been to guatemala and i've seen you know the conditions there and so for them to to come to the United States to bring their kids and for the kids to grow up here, just seeing the opportunities that they have. Um, And then for them to grow up and to be able to contribute to society, to pay taxes and not have the ability to get any of that money back to not benefit from social security, even though they're paying into it to not.
0: I think you're, you're hitting on something that a lot of people don't realize because this is the argument that we see all the time in our demographic basically. And it, so often takes the form of Facebook memes Mm -hmm. of like, well, illegal immigrants come here and they just live off the system and they don't contribute to society at all. And as someone who I won't mention, maybe said they're bringing crime and they're bringing drugs and they're rapists and they're murderers. And I'm well, some of them are probably good people. Um, like that is, that's, there is this thought, there's this image, this, this, this idea, um, But that's really not the case. Uh, A lot of of people here, obviously, we're not even talking about necessarily legal immigration Mm -hmm. right now. Because if there's people here who are here legally and you don't like them, then you just have a problem. Like, like that's... Right. Now, illegal immigration is an issue and people should come legally. I agree with all that. and, And we can save that conversation for another day. But the idea that they're living off the system is actually just categorically false according to any kind of data. Right. Um, many of them will get a, a false social security number so that they can get legal employment. And because they have a social security number and they are legally employed, they get employment taxes taken out of them. And so they're paying into social security, they're paying into Medicare, Medicaid, they're paying into all these, different, you know, all the stuff that gets taken out of our paychecks that we all like, Oh gosh, it hurts so much. They're getting it taken out of their paychecks, mm-hmm. but because it's not a real social security number and they don't want to get into trouble. Guess what? They will never be able to draw on the money that they paid into social security they'll never be able to pay to to draw on the money that they pay into medicare or medicaid they won't ever be able to receive food stamps or 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 housing benefits or any of these things and so there are a lot of illegal immigrants that are actually subsidizing uh older generation social security right now and they will
1: never actually receive Any of it, right? And it, it, it's it's a positive thing for our economy, for Social Security, for all these government systems, because our birth rate in the United States is almost equal our death rate, so we're not really replacing ourselves. Yeah. So we have these social systems, we have the this older population that we have to keep paying like you know for these benefits, but we don't have the workforce our to keep workforce paying for it. Dying so off, our yeah. only hope is for immigrants and these immigrants, legal or illegal, especially illegal they're not benefiting from that. They're not going to get any of that money back. So it's like free money for the government, for these social systems. Um,
0: And in fact, the, the, I think it's the IRS has a law on the books that says that they won't, they won't even communicate with um, immigration in terms of if you're illegal, we want you to pay your taxes and we're not going to tell on you because the IRS just wants your money. Like they don't care.
1: (laughs) They don't care. They don't care if you're here legally or
0: not. And so like there is so much incentive for um, illegal immigrants to be here and to, actually contribute and do things the right way, and they, contrary to some belief by some, they commit crime at way, way, way lower rates than uh, natural-born U.S. citizens. Um, And so there's just a lot of false thought out there Mm -hmm. about immigration, um, about people who've come here either legally or illegally, and again, I'm not arguing for, because I guess this is what we do. We put words into people's mouths and we assume they think a certain way, but I'm not arguing for open borders or that people should come here illegally. Laws are important. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think our immigration system needs some major work and some major overhaul. Um, but no, I'm not arguing for open borders. No. I'm arguing for us to just think a little bit and to, um, you know, I don't know really to just think a little bit, (laughs) and not treat people a certain way just because we make an assumption about them. They're here illegally. They're living off off the system. They don't speak English. They don't speak English, which is not true as well. No, the
1: data from Pew. uh, I got to find the, because I scrolled up past it. Um, Basically like 65% of all immigrants to the United States speak fluent English. 35% or roughly, again, I, I can't find it right now because got too many browsers I, open. I got I, ha, I do have too <laughs> many windows open and i scroll down past it for another set of facts but another th- like 35 percent uh here it is actually maybe 36 percent speak english very well so they they're they're pretty good at it and um only 16 percent only speak english at home so basically they really can't speak english that well um which is just crazy
0: because the, pic- the picture we get paid, told
1: like, that they can't speak english so they need to go back to their country which yeah. the data overwhelmingly tells us that no they actually can speak english can't
0: speak english or uh again taking benefits which again that's not true taking uh, jobs away from americans which again isn't true. Uh, The majority of the jobs that they are working are jobs that Americans don't want. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've seen that, you know, back in the day in the landscape business. and, And you see this too, in and around the green industry of like bigger landscape companies are always looking to hire. They're like, we need workers. We need workers. We need workers. And the reason they're always looking to hire is because nobody wants the jobs, right? Because quite honestly, as comfortable American citizens, I'm like, I don't want to work 60 or 70 hours a week in the 90 degree heat during the summer for like 12 bucks an hour. And that's why you see so many, you know, immigrants taking jobs at mm-hmm. landscape companies or in the hotel industry or these different places. And so a lot of the lies, whether it's don't speak English, use up the benefits, take up the jobs, they're just not true. Right. It's based on a picture that's been painted about people who are here uh, well, again, legally or illegally. Right. And
1: part of that is again because of the color of their skin.
0: Yes Right. I mean because they don't look like us. They don't look like us. So
1: therefore they're not we can't allow them to be here Yeah,
0: and so <clears throat> I guess uh, we kind of got off tra- topic a we little did. bit But like getting back to DACA and it being a good thing Let's eliminate all the other preconceived notions that we may have that we just went over and recognize that, like these are our kids. Ba- well, some of them are kids. Some of them are like young adults now. But they're they've got they're paying mortgages. They're they're buying you know houses and cars and they're going to college and they're starting businesses and they're getting married and they're doing all these things under the protection of DACA that is contributing to our society. Right.
1: And let's just think for a second. So Phil and I are both parents. And if you're a parent, you I hope would be able to relate if you were a parent, wouldn't you do whatever you could to make sure that your kids are kept safe, that they have, you know, food, that they have everything that they need to survive and flourish. And part of that, when you're immigrating, involves bringing your kids to another country. You know, like I said, I've seen the conditions in Guatemala and Panama and can honestly understand why people would wanna bring their kids to the United States. And so for us to demand that they get sent back so put yourself in that parent's shoes for a second
0: and then i hear the argument people making it already well they should have done it the legal way and again if you're a parent and you're you're seeing this of like poverty and gangs and civil war in some of these countries and just what is happening i'm not waiting for anything to get my kid out of there right like nothing i don't care and I don't care if I die on the way taking them to get them out of there. I'm getting them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, this comes from sitting in a position of privilege. Mm-hmm. That's not our reality. Right. I've never, I've never experienced anything close to that, and neither have you. I don't know who you are listening to this, but most likely you've never experienced anything close to that. Our, in quote, hard is like luxury life oh, yeah. for most people in the
1: world. Right
0: yeah and so just to demand like, well, no, you should do it the legal way. I agree, then let's fix the legal way and make it easier and and, and streamline the system mm-hmm. instead of having to and that's the thing too most most people who are here are here illegally would rather be here legally right they would rather come in the right way they want to to make things right and be right with the country that they're that they're living in and contributing to now and so it's it's a whole conversation about okay, how do we really reform our immigration system and make it better? Um, but upholding DACA is a step in the right direction. Right, it's at least a stopgap that says, look, we're not going to we're not going to deport people that came here. It wasn't even their choice to come here. Right,
1: and as followers of Jesus, it's something that we should applaud, that we should be celebrating um, because the dignity that it gives those individuals, because it is loving those that are made in the image of God. It's loving our neighbor as ourself. Um, and at the same time, I think we should be encouraging our leaders, government leaders, to seriously consider actual, like, reform yeah. for the system.
0: And so this is one of those things where where the the line of, which is funny, because it only, it's only for certain issues where people say, well, the only thing that will change our world is changed hearts. You know what I mean? Like, we need people, to ch- their hearts to change, then things will get better. There's some things that we're not going to change as individuals, and we're not going to just change because our heart changed. Like, you actually need Policy. Mm-hmm. You need people to get involved, and something like immigration reform—that's one of those things. It doesn't matter how well I personally love my neighbors; I can't change immigration policy right. in the country, right? So there's there's certain things. like, hey, we got it. We have to have a voice, and we have to vote, and voice our opinion, and talk to our representatives, and do all of those things. Um, it's important. Yeah. And and let your changed heart by Jesus shape that, not your politics. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that. Everything has become political, and I know there are many who would say that they're Christians and many who would you know that we would be rubbing shoulders with who are probably a little confused as to maybe why we why would we be for DACA and they were maybe excited that DACA was canceled and let me just let me just pose this hypothetical to you so say a few years ago we're looking at the immigration problem in this country, and a Christian organization you know headed up by some big-time evangelical leaders, like big names that are pastors and, you know, thinkers in the Christian world come together and say, hey, we recognize that there's a problem um, in the country with immigration. But one of the things that we're seeing is there's, there's uh, just thousands of kids who came here illegally, but it wasn't their choice. Um, and, and they're contributing to our society. They're, they want to become citizens. They want to work. They want to do these things wouldn't it be great if we could at least protect them and and, and say you can live here and we're going to get you some sort of a path to citizenship or whatever because you didn't it wasn't your choice to come here if that was put forward by like a Christian group evangelical Christians would be like that's that's amazing we're loving our neighbor right. we're doing what Christ called us to do this is why we need more Christians involved mm-hmm. in politics and we would we would we would celebrate that but here's where I think what happens and the part that needs to cause us to check our own hearts. Mm -hmm. It was the Obama administration that came out with the DACA program. And many, 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 many evangelical Christians are against it just because of that. Yeah. I don't like president Obama, so I can't support anything that he's done. And so is it the program that we didn't like or was it
1: the person, the
0: person? And again, bring it into the current administration well president trump said it's bad and he's going to get rid of it so i think it's bad and we should get rid of it if if we if we would remove the politics from it and forget what administration said it was good and put it in place and what administration said it's bad and let's get rid of it and just go back to a perspective of what if in quotes our own people christian leaders came up with this and said we think this is a law that should get passed there would be overwhelming support by every christian in the country
1: but on both sides of the on aisle. On
0: both sides of the aisle. But because we've seen it as political, we go, well, no, 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 no. We can't support that.
1: Right. And the, and the crazy thing is is that you know, those, those people that are coming into the United States, the vast majority, especially you know from Central America, share the same Christian and evangelical values right. that those on the right that oppose this do. Yep. Yeah. It's just insane.
0: But again, we've been given a, a caricature— Mm-hmm. of the people that are coming here. They're not, you know, they're not Christians, they're not family people, good people. No, they're 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 criminals and they're here illegally and they're stealing our benefits. Like that's the picture that we have. Mm-hmm. It's like, well that's that's just the wrong picture. Right. There's a lot more we could say on immigration and I, I don't I don't think this is the time for it. Uh, but because there's just a lot I mean a lot of things that, yeah. that are false ideas most immigration into this country most illegal immigration isn't actually even at our borders no it's through our airports it's through our airports it's people who overstay visas and so it's like that kind of yeah and most like most people caught by border patrol aren't trying to to come here illegal, they're illegally. They're actually trying to get caught, right? So that they can plead for asylum and receive protection, and receive protection. They're fleeing. Yeah. They want to get caught, and so there's just all of these, these misconceptions um, that, as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus, we need to understand and not just buy into whatever we're, whatever politician is telling us or whatever news source is telling us stop being discipled by Fox mm-hmm. News right stop being discipled by MSNBC or CNN stop being discipled by the Republican Party stop being discipled by the Democratic Party be discipled by Jesus and let that shape how you're seeing things that's right um, real quickly if you want a really good resource on just uh, immigration in general, I would encourage you to check out the book Welcoming the Stranger Mm -hmm. by Matthew Sorens. Um, He is, I don't know if he's the head. Is he the head of?
1: I don't know. He works for World Relief. He works for
0: World Relief in their legal department. If you don't know World Relief, World Relief is a Christian, an evangelical Christian organization um, that has a major... Uh, focus on immigration and refugees and help around the world. World Relief actually began as War Relief. Um, it was started during World War II to help over in Europe. It's become World Relief. So it's a trusted Christian organization. Uh, Welcoming the Stranger by Matthew Sorens. It gives a really good look at immigration, and it blends like talking about policy, but also as a follower of Jesus, kind of what should our role be and how should we see things. So I would encourage you to check out that book if you're looking for um, a book to read or listen to if you're a book listener.
1: Mm-hmm. And I recommend it too. Great book. Great book. So. So That's it, all we got. It was
0: a crazy week. Yeah. Um, we're still having discussions about racism, which we should continue to still have these mm-hmm. discussions. The idea of, I heard a lot of like, well, let's just pray for peace and that this would get better. I mean, if we pray for peace and things get better without actually addressing the issues, we're just going to keep doing this over right. and over again. So yeah. I mean, let's not forget about that. Let's keep pressing into that. You know, we talked about some Supreme Court rulings. Let's press on for the dignity of everybody, even if we disagree with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah. Yeah. That's it.
1: Like, subscribe, leave us a rating, review, share this podcast with others. And uh, we would really appreciate it.
0: We sure would. Have a great week. See ya.